This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by... It's gaming convention season in Florida, so get ready for a Category 5 event. Huracan 2019 will make landfall between Thursday, September 26th and Sunday, September 29th in Kissimmee at the Days Inn by Wyndham. Hosted by the Historical Miniatures Gaming Society South Chapter, the convention features the best historical wargaming action in the state and this year's focus is on Mava Rasha. Non-historical war games are represented too, along with a solid role-playing game panel with games from the Pathfinder and Starfinder societies and the Lakeland Role-Playing Guild on tap. In addition to the gaming action, there will be a number of independent vendors selling rulebooks, miniatures, terrain, and supplies all weekend for all your hobby needs. Plus, don't forget, Deuce's personal favorite, a high-energy flea market rummage sale Friday night that you don't want to miss. It will be four days of intense but very fun hobby gaming, so make your Huracan preparations now. For attendance registration, details, and a link to the hotel's reservation system, visit https colon slash slash tabletop.events slash conventions slash Huracan dash 2019. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Doom Broski's Games and Comics, your new home in Winter Haven for games and comics. Let me tell you, Deuce, this is the place to be for all your games and comic needs. Board games, comics, trading card games, Warhammer 40K, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, and so much more. Also, it's your new home for Friday Night Magic and the D&D Adventures League and the Transformers trading card game. You don't want to miss it. Check them out. They're on Cypress Gardens Boulevard in the same strip mall as Hurricane's Wings. You don't want to miss them. Check them out. It's Doom Broski's Games and Comics. Don't forget the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce Hello, internet. Yeah, we back in the fest. Don't know you had a long day, but let's inject. Sit back, relax, and have some cold beer. Gotta pay a few bills. Yeah, we're all clear. And let's do so on the loose. You know the tag team champs. Man, we get the biggest pop when we hit the ramp. The outlaws of the new age. And we still got love for the retro ways. You know, Nintendo, Sega Genesis, so many systems. Your Dreamcast and reminisce. So pull back the curtain and hit the booth. Cause it's the Happy Hour Podcast with Johnny and Duke. Yeah. <laughs> At least get that part. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, it's puppies. It's it's. Uh, I'm surprised mine haven't freaked out yet. Yeah, well. They're good. They're good. I even have headphones in to like minimize all the sounds. See, that that's there, so that's a good pro like, tip. What is going on? Good pro tip. But it might just right be now. me talking. Hey, what? <laughs> hey, what? Uh, I hope it's somebody exciting. Is it food? Oh, okay. It's the Commodore. That's fine. I'm okay with that. <laughs> the communist. It's the communist. Uh, what? That's what? Nice. That's um, mean. But uh, that's a beautiful chair. Is that your chair? Did you, was that chair passed down to you through a family member? Um, I mean, it's 
I guess. It's a like, very ornate chair. Though, it is. It's very ornate. That was the word I was going to yeah, use. It's or, very it's ornate there chair. There you go. That's an awesome uh, chair. I'm sure everybody at Podcast Land loves. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, yeah. Yes. To all our listeners at home. Yes. It's, it's a chair. It's a chair-ass chair. Very smooth and shiny, rich oak engraved chair from her grandmother's house. It's beautiful. That is nice. mahogany. Oh, there's a difference. <laughs> yeah. Go to your woods, Floyd. <laughs> Well, to you know your wood. Wow, easy. Uh, that was a that was a directive. Oh man, this this show just changed a lot. Yeah, that's funny. Always so going. Up, guys? What do you guys What do you guys need us for? Amanda and I are very busy. Woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, it's another episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce, and we have special guests with us tonight: a uh, Billy Floyd and Amanda Curry. How are you guys doing this evening? Good, sir. Good. How are you, Amanda? How are you? Forget these two guys. How have you been? I'm good. How have you been? We've it's how's been a while. How's the married life? It's good. Yeah, you lucky duck. How long have you been filling prescriptions? Uh huh. There's the <laughs> sign. Is, there's a sign behind you that says. Oh, that no, that that is uh my my husband's grandfather owned a pharmacy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like filling prescriptions. A euphemism for something. I'm like, dude, you're in it's Polk County. Prescriptions. The way kids are saying it now. <laughs> Polk County does not take kindly to prescription fillers. You know that great judge doesn't play around. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Good point. That's it's, awesome. It has. Been, I'm excited we get to do this. This is uh, uh this is this is gonna be a fun event. No, it's gonna be fun. And speaking of fun events, uh, it is gonna be at Dombrowski's Games and Comics here in Winter Haven, Saturday, July twenty seventh, from two p.m. to five p.m. It's gonna be the House of X release party, and we have these two lovely, beautiful people on with yes. us to uh, tell us about their cosplay, talk to us about X Men. Uh, speaking of things, Ryan wanted us to talk to you about, guys. Just so you know, the Magic Core Set twenty twenty uh, has come out. Also, yep. Pokemon Unified Minds is coming out soon, and you get. Battles of Legend Heroes Revenge is coming out just around the corner. We can't wait to see you guys at the party July 27th at 2 to 5 p.m. And speaking of things I can't wait for, it's the Deuce Salute. Yep. <sighs> I'm a little parched and verklempt, so I am ready for this. <laughs> oh, it's nice and bubbly. Look at that. It's going down nice. It's got a lot of head on it for yeah. a Bud Light, but it'll do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wow, there's so many jokes there. But anyways, uh, yeah, so uh, thank you to all of our listeners that have been joining us for the last, what, five years now? Something yep, like that. Yep. We've been doing this for a while. Uh, we're everywhere, pretty much. Uh, you just, if you have a podcast service, we're pretty much there. So, Oh, you guys, look at y'all. Uh, they, they, I'm like, I'm off into podcasts. I'm in my zone, and you guys are making faces. Yeah. Like, FYI, you guys have no clue what you've gotten yourselves into. Like, well, I, I already there. knew, because I've been in a group chat with these guys for like a month, and I already knew that oh it was going to be a train wreck. Like, That's funny. From the jump. Like, Speaking of yeah. beignets. Beignets. Yeah. So they start Thank asking you. me about beignets, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then if I put it together, okay, Rogue and Gambit are both from Louisiana. Well, you, Johnny himself is a Louisiana animal, so he yeah. he knows all about the Louisianans. Yeah. But I'm like beignets. What the fuck? Because I am I, I have slowly become this booker, if you will, because I'm setting up events and stuff like this. Right. And because when you're a booker, you're always worried about finances and money, and like how much money do I have to spend on so said guest? And I'm like. Right. Do I have to buy beignets? Is is beignets in the budget? Do I do I need yeah. a beignet ah. budget? Do I have to go back to the financer and be like, uh, "Sir, we need a beignet budget"? 
So yeah, we need it in the writer. Yeah, yeah. we need it in the writer. And, and I would say this: Amanda, Amanda is much more of the cosplayer than than I am. But I imagine that one of the big things that really puts a great cosplay over is the ability to accessorize the character with right. their environment and with their personal belongings. Right. Like to really kind of push it over that next element to really step up into that next echelon of of I would just say direct cosplay. The more the closer you can get the environment and the cosplayer to the whatever we're depicting, which in this case I think is the the nineties. X-Men comic book. Right. Uh, so fuck yeah, there better be beignets. Am I allowed to say fuck? You yeah, can you say, can say whatever, whatever you want. You want dude. You're that. Billy motherfucking <laughs> Floyd. You can yeah. do whatever you want. Yeah, dude. So. Well, don't yeah, say definitely, that. <laughs> definitely accessorize cosplays. So right. uh, we definitely need Billy smelling like Old Bay. Old Bay. Oh, oh. Dude, I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, he's like, I'm going to go get my old bay. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. He's running. Off he I goes. I've never seen that man run so fast in his life that when you mentioned old, old bay. Yep. Good old, really old bay. I hope he goes and gets some and just like. It just yep. like puts it on his pit. Yep. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Being in the second, uh, second Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Mm, there you go. Text. Like covers himself in paprika. Oh um, lord! Better be oh, what he did. Billy, yeah. uh, <laughs> Billy's got the old bay, and you've you've got my favorite size old bay, which is the Mac Daddy size. You've got to have the big can of old bay, because if you're a crab man like me and likes to do a crab boil, you got to have the big big thing of old bay. You there say you you're go. a crab, but you just look like a human man. <laughs> there it is, old bay seasoning. Old I got bay. this specifically for the event. Did you it's really? Just a little. So you, you can just like <laughs> sprinkle a little on. <laughs> and we're all going to be looking like Tony Montana with, with powdered sugar all over our nose. Oh, no. That's oh, true. Yeah. There you it's going to be great. I've been, I've been putting about, I'd say about maybe a quarter cup of Old Bay in with my laundry. Uh, it's really working well. It's really, yeah. like, is, it, is it helping you get the ladies? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> Gambit doesn't need help getting the ladies, bro. That is, that is true. That's true. <laughs> that was yeah. more of a deuce question. Like, if I put Old Bay in my laundry, is that going to help me with the ladies? Because I've got Old yes. Bay. Like, that, that's, answer, that, that is yes. not a problem <laughs> oh geez yes oh. it will definitely help i mean i i believe it'll help 100 percent. not that you need it Kyle. and johnny definitely doesn't need it because you know he's married and he's we respect that's relationships. true yeah. Uh, but, yeah but yeah kyle obey it up bro obey. It can't, i mean it can't hurt yeah i'm sure you're already pulling them left and right but yeah. little obey little obey will take you to that next level bit. like that that next that next pimping level is the old yeah. bay. That's what it is. Once you think you're at a certain at the top pimp level, yeah. you need to understand that there is most certainly a level above yeah. that pimp level yeah. that you have never even discovered yet and might change and will probably change your entire every, everything, everything about your life. Then I'll be on like the Jedi Council of Pimps once I start putting on the old bay. That's what it is. Oh my gosh. Like I'm, I'm like not I'll a Padawan. I'm just like a regular Jedi Knight, but bust the old bay out and it's like I hang out with Yoda, Mace Windu, and his purple ass lightsaber. It'll be good times. I, I, will, I will say this: maybe Rogan Gambit can can autograph this for you, and we can give this to you at the event. Show? There you go. So then you can just just yeah, just oh yeah. That's, I think we'll be well. giving away like his door prizes, just big old cans it's of old, old bay. bay. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> me being from Louisiana is like in our. I bet in our milk bottles it was Tabasco sauce and Old Bay. You know, so I'm, I'm probably pretty ha- sure that was like mixed in with everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, everything yep. yeah. for sure. Like they're breastfeeding. It's just Old Bay and Tabasco. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. Put it on what? your oatmeal in the morning. Oh yeah. yeah, hell yeah. Oh, that's actually a really good idea. I mean, the other ones are a <laughs> that might not suck. But yeah. yeah, but the, the oatmeal is like, well, now you're onto something. Hold on. <laughs> now you're onto something. Yeah. Now, I mean, the other ones. 
whatever. But oatmeal, yeah. I'm down for that. I'm, yeah. I'm probably make some oatmeal tomorrow. Well, we eat some crawfish in Louisiana, so that's something we put on. We put that oh, on there. Yeah, but we do a whole boil, boil with yeah. potatoes well, and corn yep. and all Johnny that stuff. Womack. Yes, um, sir. So check uh, really quick because I, I don't know the other. I, I imagine Amanda can probably appreciate this because she's worldly traveled. Um, I'm not necessarily sure about the deuce. You know, I'm not a hundred percent sure how how traveled kyle is however i've been in louisiana and i've had uh, a, a taste and flavor of the of the trilogy the corn the sausage and the shrimp yes, and with like the potatoes and the rice um and there's a place called the seafood station uh in melbourne beach and apparently there's one here in orlando that is supposed to be like just insane authentic louisiana cajun food Oh wow! And I've never I like been. To verify. I like to verify my seafood to see if they're full of shit, which yeah. usually they are. So anybody that I think would be able to go there and be like, "This is amazing," or "No, <laughs> no, sir, no," yeah. like we should. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should send Johnny on a field trip, and, and yeah. we should see since he's from Louisiana. Oh my tell you if that if that is the case or not, if that's the real deal. Oh my gosh! I think it would be a great idea. Personally, it's called the Seafood Station. It's in Orlando. Uh, okay. Apparently, they have amazing Cajun style uh, food, and uh, there's only one way to find out. And taking Gambit and Rogue there, I mean, I'm just saying, yeah, like that's well, about as, as authentic as it gets. Yep, right. That'd be awesome. How awesome would that be? They like that Old Bay too, awesome. right? I hear them in the background. They love Old Bay. Oh, they love food and yeah. edibles. Yeah. Oh, FYI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that was a fun Tuesday night. <laughs> What everyone's doing in the mansion on a Tuesday night, late four twenty. Just eating edibles, bro. It's getting crazy. So I actually didn't have any, but my puppies did get a hold of two little uh, things. It got crazy. Oh, no. oh I, bet that that I bet that was wild. I bet that was wild. To the uh, I went. I, I called the every every fast forward. Everything is okay. They're totally fine. Luke had a very chill night, uh, but <laughs> I, had, I had some friends over here, and and the next thing you know, one of my friends was like, "Hey, man, I." Uh, have you seen my my two my two little pieces of candy? And I went, where did you put them? And he's like, I left them on the arm of the couch. Oh, There's I'll tell you exactly where they are. And I was like, one of the puppies is going to start moving real slow. Real slow. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if one puppy got one a piece or if one got two. I had no no clue. So found out how how much they actually were. Made a phone call to um, our our vet our veterinarian who's right down the road and awesome. And they were like, yeah, you might just want to chill for a little bit. So we chilled for a little bit. Luke was uh, he had a, a very interesting night. Very. Was Luke just staring off into the distance like, man? Oh yeah. No. Who yeah, is a good boy? In, in the Am morning, I the when good I got boy? To go to work. I fed Leia, and usually just the sound of me getting up. Luke is like, food, yes. Not not Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning he was like, we are all good boys. Cool. <laughs> cool man. So that was uh, that was my my Tuesday night. All right, night. So all right, all right. I like Dad, this one. This, you going to this, work? This is, right? <laughs> this is good. This is good. So thank you guys. That's awesome. So what do we talk about beignets? Are you going to have beignets or not? But no. <laughs> Unless I can find a beignet place uh, in can the next couple call? weeks. So I, I will I will look into it and see what I can do, but I will say no promises. But I, I will I will look into it and reach my fingers out there into the Polk County Nebula and see what I can pull out. But it's it's going to be awesome. Think of the story that, they, that the people will tell that they went to the comic book shop for the release of the, or the re-release 
release of the 90s X-Men comic and Rogue and, and Gambit were there and they had beignets for people and people would be like, dude, Rogue and Gambit were awesome and they had fucking beignets. <laughs> like that's what people are going to remember. That's what they're going to type about. That's what they're going to take pictures of. Like if you want to put it over the top, beignets. Yeah. Well, I know he is going to have a, a, a cartoonist or illustrator there doing characters, cheers of people. So, but I definitely think beignets. Making beignets. Be, it, no, maybe, maybe we can see if he can make a beignet. Oh. But, uh, but yeah, we, we, I will look in to see what I can pull off on the beignet spectrum. No promises because it's Polk County. And it I is, I, you know, I, nothing in Polk County jumps out to me as beignet, but I can, I can, I can beignets reach around. Are, beignets are pretty easy to make. You should stay it's up just late a at night, the night yeah. before and make them. I mean, the sad thing is, we used to have a beignet truck in Lakeland. Did we really? Oh, wow. Yeah, they were so damn good. Wow. <laughs> Where did the beignet truck work? It closed. Yeah. Can we? Mm. All right, Johnny, this is all you. Okay. Find the beignet truck, break into it, get it up and running again. Steal we'll meet at your house the night before. We're going to bring a beignet food truck to the event. Beignet oh. heist. There we uh, go. Let's do it. Heist. Uh, an alleged beignet heist. So the legal uh, department alleged. doesn't take a shit. Yeah. So allegedly, it actually happens. Yeah. Don't yeah. Be like, we yeah. Saw allegedly. Your show. Yeah. <laughs> no. He just he likes to get paid. So we just got to pepper it a few allegedly's in there, just so he's like, yeah. Polk County. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, Florida man. Florida man. <laughs> yeah. Gambit ruins the day. Yeah. Oh, Florida man. podcast steals steals beignet truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My God. If we're gonna do it, we have to do it in cosplay. Oh, <laughs> absolutely! Oh, hell yeah! Nobody's gonna stop Rogue from driving stealing the beignet truck. Like nobody's gonna no. be like, "No shit, that's Rogue stealing the beignet truck." How cool is that? We gotta get a flag that says like beignets for days <laughs> and have it like oh, hanging off the back. Honey, check it out! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that'd be awesome. Honey, check it out! The X Men are really all real, and they got sugar covered donuts. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yes, we need a oh. truck for no. X Men things. Oh yeah, <laughs> don't worry about oh, it. That escalated quickly. Um, <laughs> sweet. Yeah. So where were we? I apologize. I won't. I no, will. no. I'm like th- this is this sky. whole episode is going to be off the rails because oh, I yeah. knew it was never going to get on rails. No. Nope. So I just went in <laughs> planning for this. Now, Amanda, do you you live here in Polk County as well? In Lakeland. So nice, I'm like nice. I'm yeah. next door neighbor. Okay. Cool. Gotcha. Cool. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So, yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, because we love Polk County. We're the number one podcast in Polk County. So, we love us in Polk County. So, that is that is awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, let me ask you this. When were you first introduced to X-Men yourself personally, Amanda? Uh, probably with the first movie whenever that came out. That like 2000. Because we were in high school. Yeah. 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 I remember being like in a camp i was like in a summer camp and saw it playing and i remember the scene of um like in the concentration camp and he's like breaking the uh um the gate i remember that scene very vividly magneto and the the little kid and he was just like ah and they're holding him back that's a great scene dude that was a great scene that made me connect to the villain immediately right away i was like i i had a little more empathy for his plight the best you know, way to like, have a good villain is for you to have empathy with Oh, them. absolutely. To be able to connect to them. And you, they, they really, I think that hopefully the writers really want us to try to have to make a decision and it to be tough. Do I go like, I understood Anakin's plight as well. Do you know, do I understand Obi-Wan's plight? Like 
who do people pick? Breaking Bad was very similar. Uh, and I think with the X-Men movies that, 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 ca- that came out starting with that one, it was really great because we we felt for for Magneto, but we also understood Charles Xavier. You know, and I, I thought they did a really great job uh, with that movie. That was really good. I would like to add how Billy Floyd just went from the prequels to probably the greatest TV show of all time. He went from like dumpster fire, greatest TV show of all time. <laughs> Oh my yeah. god! I mean, well, yeah, not necessarily. I've been listening to a lot of expanded universe lately. It's oh, incredible. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah, just the, the just the overall universe of Star Wars has been outstanding, and it's so much more than just the movies. Oh, and amen. You yeah. can only put so much in the movies, but it's it really has been an an incredible so so far journey. I'm listening to right now, not right now, uh, but I'm listening to uh, <laughs> I'm The Apprentice, okay. and it's about it's about uh, Qui Gon Jinn and Obi Wan Kenobi as they're moving moving forward and uh it's really interesting to see some of the things that they, they they've gone to this is actually obi-wan was in just invited to be a part of the council in this book uh and he has to make a decision and he, if he becomes part of the council he loses obi-wan as his padawan and right now that's kind of the journey that they're going through because obi-wan thinks qui-gon doesn't want him as a padawan and qui-gon feels like he is an inefficient uh master so it's really an interesting thing to give that give the characters even even more backstory which is uh which is super cool but i didn't mean to go from shitty movies to like the best series of all time however uh every now and then you got a bridge gap yep. you're welcome <laughs> the prequels have their have their the things that they excel at they had great costumes yeah. they had great music they had great oh, yeah. lightsaber Dude, fights queen yeah. amidala herself just in episode one she, it was like queen of naboo was absolutely incredible to see like just the costume design behind that was was absolutely outstanding oh yeah uh, it, that was really cool, and I think that was that was ninety nine, uh, and that all was of her just, stuff was yeah. like like Art Nouveau inspired. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was it was really good, and they they it was such a they were beautiful movies, um, you know, and 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 content out or content in just shots of it were just moving, and I think that's one thing that Star Wars for me personally has carried. Like when I see when I see the trailer, the first time I saw the trailer uh, for Episode Nine, I had that little kind of moment where you're like, wow, it's so beautiful. Like it kind of is, I don't know if you guys have ever connected anything like that music or creativity or theater or play, but it almost moves people, you know? And and when I saw that trailer, it was one of those moments I was like, dude, this is going to be such an epic experience because of the visuals alone, you know? And I think, I think the, the, the original, uh, not the original, but the, the prequels, they were out, they were beautiful. You know, there were a lot of shots in there that were just outstanding. Uh, And I, and I think not to make another, jump i think x-men did the same thing you know like start starting with the original like hugh jackman and uh uh and oh man ian mckellen uh just so good dude just just so great and but that 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 part where magneto was reaching for the fence everybody in the theater me included was just like that is crazy like what this kid is going through you know when they did uh um Oh man, there was another one that they showed him having to make a choice, and like he was gonna, he killed his mom, like uh, Kevin. What is it? Uh, Kevin, what's his name's character? Just shoots his mom in the head. I'm like, oh Magneto, my God, I'm sorry, fuck the humans. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I I digress. Well, it you know it's a actually. It- Obviously, you haven't seen the studio uh, in person, but I, you're literally preaching to the choir with, when it comes to Star Wars. I mean, if we turn the oh, camera yeah. around, it's Star it's Wars. It's a bukkake of Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars like, is, it is my, so much Star, Star Wars. Star Wars is my first love. So, like, that's... And it's 
stuck with me forever. And it's obviously, like you said, the plight, the the rise of the hero, you know, and all that stuff. So, uh, Dr. Joseph Campbell and his his writings and all that stuff that was definitely influenced uh, to George Lucas and so on. But, uh, you know, I. I feel like with the X-Men movies, because I was a big comic book, X-Men comic book reader, you kind of, out the gate, I love how they were like, this is its own separate universe. This is its own separate entity. Like, we don't, what, and there's that joke in the very beginning, like, what, you expect us to wear yellow spandex? And you're like, wow, they really just came out. You're like, hey, this is its own thing. If you read the yeah, comics, yeah. doesn't matter. If you've never read the comics, it doesn't matter. This is its own thing. And I think it really, like with the Marvel movies, it really kind of grabbed a new generation into this world of, hey, comics are really cool and you can check these yeah. out. You know, Absolutely. Relatable I think, I think the, stories. Yeah, the Marvel movement, I think, is one of the biggest things that inspired the acceptance of the geek and nerd world. Oh, you know, yeah, I, sure. I really feel like they, they, they brought it to such a mainstream and people were able to connect and wish they were Tony Stark and wish they were Iron Man and wish, you know, and just looking at all these people and being like, wow, this is incredible. And then finally, we all had something to talk about, you know, and, and it was cool to be uh, to be geeking, to be nerdy and to be into the comics and to have all the backstories, you know, so it's it's it's. Kind of, I kind of miss the fact that it wasn't mainstream, but I'm kind of happy of the fact that it is mainstream because so many more people feel included uh, yeah. uh, now and, and and accepted now, and they can celebrate it and not hide it so much, you know. Which uh, which I think that it was a was a huge part of that was the of course the movies and the Marvel movement itself, um, the original X Men that came out, even it, that original trilogy uh, sparked a huge movement for people to even be interested in comic book movies, mm-hmm. um, and not that there weren't before that, but they really carried some weight, you know I feel, and they really kind of set a, a safe launching pad uh, for Marvel to come out and succeed when they saw the first X Men movie and it was dark and badass and it wasn't just like bright and color and comic booky and everybody and laughs at the end of the episode like you know it was some real it was some real plight uh, which I thought I thought they did a, a, a great job of that you know yeah I mean I think it's the story still like if you go back and watch those movies they still hold up you know and I think that's uh, you know good writing really kind of shines through and, and it relates to all generations and I think Stan Lee you know obviously you know uh, rest in peace you know he, he he's done so much for the comic book world but his whole thing about X Men really was really deep. You got to think about it. You oh, are yeah. the whole prejudice stuff, and like it's like racism and all that is all kind of like this sub subtext. You know, like hey, this is what we're really talking about. People not not the same. They're different. How do we get? How do we get along? And Magneto is kind of torn in between. You know, he was everyone's born quote unquote human, and then they obviously have that gene where they become immune or something else happens. And like, so he's like, well, we're really the superior beings. You know, look at us. We, we're, we're we're so much better. And then Charles is that has that conflict. You know, he he's friends with er, uh, Eric and everything, and he's just like, well. You know, I I still care for you as a person, but I think you're going down the wrong path. And so, like, people can relate to that stuff, you know, and and I think people still can relate to it in 2019. Absolutely. I think that's something Billy and I noticed when we were cosplaying them at Megacon. We both commented on this, that largely the people that came up to us and told us that, that, you know, they loved our characters and wanted pictures was young black men, like millennial age black men. And it's because that these stories speak to them in a way that, you know... Uh, the four of us is, you know, uh, Anglo-Saxon white people don't get that they did. Right. It's true. I mean, you got to look at, yeah, uh, I think that that was kind of surprising. Uh, I don't want to say surprising, but, um, that was, uh, that was the first time I hid and, and I got to give a huge shout out to Brian lasagna, the flawless lasagna. Um, and, and Amanda for really, the impeccable mo- lasagna. 
yeah, the impeccable lasagna for get out of here, mosquito, get out of here, uh, for for reaching out. Um, Brian had worked with Amanda a couple. Of and he asked me, hey, man, you know, um, I've been working with a bunch of different cosplayers and would you be down for some photo shoots? And I was like, yeah, of course. And the man and I met. And it was a lot of fun, man. We had we had a really we had a cool time together. Our sense of humor kind of vibe, which is which is kind of cool, you know, because, uh, um, you know, she's a very difficult person to get along with. So she needs somebody that has a lot of patience. That's accurate. Uh, and so then they reach out and Amanda had actually uh, asked me if I'd ever thought about putting together a Gambit cosplay because she was putting together a rogue. And I had always loved Gambit. Who doesn't love Gambit? Everybody, everybody loves Gambit, but I just needed, I needed that push. I needed that kind of like goal oriented sense and a reason to do it. And I was like, hell yeah, I am all over that. Uh, you know, so, and when I, when she had asked me that, I was like, oh, that's really cool. So it kind of pushed me to a new level. So when I first started at Megacon that day, I had never actually put the entire thing on together ever. So not only was it the very first time I ever put everything on, I didn't really know Amanda that well. Uh, and we were just like talking ourselves into this incredible environment <laughs> and I gotta say one of the coolest things not only is she's an awesome cosplayer and she was you were super cool to walk around with him and it was really really awesome uh, but the the people that were coming up to us were so genuine and a lot of them weren't even specifically referring to rogue and gambit they were referring to their characters like to Remy they were and it was really cool to see them talking about their outside of being x-men their relationship and how strong they were and how mm -hmm. people love them and how cool they were and how they got along with everybody. And they were just really, they were happy, but they were also scarred. And then the people that complimented us about being Rogan Gambit, there were more than I thought there were going to be. And I think one of the more compliment, one of the, I'd say more common compliments were you guys are my favorite X-Men couple. Oh yeah. You guys everyone, are my favorite X-Men couple. That. And that was kind of cool. Cause I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I knew that we looked pretty authentic and I've been to conventions before. Um, and I understand the attention that it attracts, but it's not just the photos. It's the people that really come up and like, they tell you stories of how the character that you are cosplaying moved them somehow you know, through life experiences, trials and tribulations that they had gone through. And they're like, oh, I really connected with this. And this is so awesome. And you're not Billy and Amanda. You are Rogue and Gambit. And that's how people approach us. You know, and it was really cool to hear and to see so many different people, so many demographics that really uh, kind of came up just like, oh, wow, you guys are great. But they had stories, uh, which was really cool. That was very moving. You know, it was really cool to see that kind of uh, affinity um, for them. And and I never really thought about it, Amanda, you, uh, when it came to the the demographic of the people that were that were coming up to us. Now that you say it, you're you're right. You know, and I, I hadn't really thought about it that way. And and I guess that's what we're talking about is like that journey, that plight that they connected to, mm -hmm. um, which kind of inspire everybody. Thankfully, everybody's cool about it. And at conventions like that, it's a very open, and loving environment. Yeah, I think uh usually usually um in the like the 90s uh it, the cartoons were really big at the time the X-Men cartoons cuz it kind of also put a generation into into the comic book area cuz uh that even Rogue and and um and Gambit were you know they were having a relationship during that time and it was kind of you know, off and on, and they were dealing with their issues because you got to think about it. That's their their love story in general is just really like poetic because Rogue can't touch anybody. You know, like it, she absorbs their power. So, and even even in the comics, uh, it was like Rogue um, Rogue. Uh, she always wore the gloves, right? Even in the movies, and and Gambit was like 
I need I need you to touch me with your hands on my face so you you can I want to feel you you know and that's very emotional like wow like yeah. how much of an impact that is you know on, he on a person he's getting himself into and like you know how powerful Rogue is you mm-hmm. know uh, I would say arguably one of the most powerful mutants mm-hmm. um, that exist in the universe just absolutely incredible and and Ro- or, and Gambit wants so much for that he understands exactly what he's doing to himself and he's like I don't even care mm-hmm. like this is like I want to I want to be able to understand that mm-hmm. you know that's uh and they, they did the same the and i don't want to say the same thing but a similar thing when she touched wolverine in the movie and they showed this is wolverine who's been alive for god knows how long she and she touches him and she drops him to the floor and i thought the movies did a really great job of explaining to the audience how powerful just her touch was right yeah but, but also and to take a very strange turn on this as a guy I just saw five feet apart it's really interesting to see a love story where the two people in love cannot touch each other because you know they can't I mean they can kind of touch each other when she has the gloves on but right. human touch is so much a part of the human condition sure. uh, oh, that's, it is. you know as a child a, a, an infant that is how you perceive the world is through human touch mm-hmm. and to have that taken away that is huge and to find a love story through that it, be it through a, I, I don't know what you'd call that, a teeny bopper love story that five feet apart was. Uh, it like it really moved me, and it, when I was watching it, I knew we were going to do this interview. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is a really good parallel for uh, Gambit and Rogue because I mean, yes, they can hug each other, yes, they can touch to a degree, but there's only so much they can physically do with each other, and that's got to put a real limit on the relationship. Mater. My doggo. That was a big one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, a big one. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's you, a, uh, yeah. You got to look at, you got to look at, was it X-Men 2, I think, or X-Men 3, whatever it was. But the fact that Rogue wanted to go get a cure because she thought she was, something was wrong with that her. That was three. That was three. Yeah. Was it yeah. three? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was three. And like, it's like, no, there's nothing wrong with you. You're, you know, you're who you are. You're born this way. And, and like that, that's another parallel there. I mean, like, and I don't know. It had this very. I'm glad they brought in the uh, the Nazi tr- concentration camp kind of era in the very beginning of the first movie because it kind of ties into all that too. And in a, in a, in a like an analogy, you know, like it's a very similar uh, pretext there. If you if you look at how the Nazis in Germany there, and all that, there stuff. are a lot of movies where the characters seek normalcy. That's what they want. They yeah. just want to be regular human beings. Right. You know, they, they want to be able to just go to the store and have a family and, and not have to fight the greatest villains on the face of the planet all the time. You know, and it, it, it's, I like that dichotomy of it. Like I see uh, Gambit. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Like, let me buy some cards and, you know, energize everything, you know, energize the Fiji bottle. Yeah. Uh, but then you have, you have the, the superheroes that are just, Hey, don't underestimate the Fiji bottle, Amanda. I sense your judgment. Uh, then you have these, <laughs> you, you have these, you have these superheroes that they they seek normalcy um look look at have you guys seen um uh endgame yes. yeah yeah of course yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah like he just wanted tony stark just wanted to be normal he just wanted to be a dad and and a husband he just wanted to you know build stuff in the shed for in his spare time and he just wanted to still be tony stark uh but not have to be iron man and think when he snapped his fingers he knew exactly what he was giving up mm-hmm Exactly. Remind me about that. Like, I came here to have a good time. <laughs> well, and I think if you if you take it a next step further, I think that's what Cap wanted at the end of the movie. That's why you see old man Cap sitting there because he's like, 
I just it wanted to be with the woman that I love and spend my life with her. Like that's all I wanted. Like I, I, I wanted to help the world and save the world because it's what I truly believe in. But at the end of the day, I just you know, I want to go home to Agent Carter and you he, know he owed a yeah. he owed her a dance. He owed her a dance. So he owed her a dance. Mm-hmm. And there's been some crazy fan theories, not to chase that rabbit, but there's been some really cool fan theories on the internet that explain what Cap did in the, in that time. Some really amazing ones, really great writing, really great just just theories that that go into things that warm the heart, uh, things where you're like, wow, that's really cool. Like they tell what he did for the last that last you know period of time where he where he vanished back into the 50s. Well, that and there's uh, like subtle things in the movie because like I think it's Civil War where Agent Carter dies. There's an old man that's carrying the coffin with the uh the pallbearers and you can't see his face and they're saying that that was cap carrying oh, her casket i haven't seen that one yeah so i thought that, that was brilliant because he could yeah. travel through time you know yeah. he could be, but i, mean, I think I mean, they already knew far enough along how endgame oh, was bro, gonna go yeah like <laughs> yeah. they like that's what i love when marvel goes well we don't know what we're gonna do when we get the x-men Dude, i'm like how many bitch, you guys got a whole room full of people marvel yeah movies, where yeah. it shows marvel movies like planned out until 2029 like they're oh, all yeah. they're like, most certainly written. we'll be dead and, and they've still got movies planned like so. past our death like uh, i'm sure they've got it probably planned out till, until um, the i hope they're till, 3000s. still making yeah. star wars movies you know by yeah. that time I really oh yeah did. i love how everyone was like you know this is the last one and i was like of course it's not the last one and then oh. what was like a month ago they're like three more yes <laughs> yeah, three more <laughs> Yep. Yeah, this is the oh, this is the end of phase four. Great, phase five comes out in two weeks. Like you're yep. fine. Don't worry about it. Like you're gonna oh, be yeah. right on, man. Star Wars the same thing. Like they're just going through some growing pains right now. Any kind of dynamic shift like that that happens when new owners and new writers come and take place, there's always going to be a period of, of growing. But there's going to be another trilogy. We already know that, you know. And like it, that, hopefully that never stops. Hopefully they keep pushing it forward. Now that the mouse. I mean, they're a multi-billion-dollar company that covers the face of the entire planet. Star Wars ain't going nowhere. No, Star yeah. Wars ain't going anywhere. So, like, yeah. I'm not worried about Star Wars. And people were talking to me for a while about like, when do you think the superhero bubble's gonna burst? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, dude, it's been how long? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, when did comic it, books really started catching on? How yeah. long ago was that? Exactly. <laughs> I so, it. I mean, comic books have been around forever, and that's the thing. I'm like, all you've got to do is go and read these comics, and you've got new stories. Like, we're gonna be doing episodes soon about the boys because the boys show is coming out on Amazon. Great book. Highly recommend it. Uh, but like, there's so many properties to be mined for content in the comic book world that I don't think oh, yeah. we're ever going to run out yeah, of comic book follow, stories. It's going to follow technology. So yeah. if, you, if you've seen movies and, 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 and the things that we follow now, they started out as t- small stories, then into comics, then into animated television shows, then into movies. They follow the course of technology. So right now when you take 4K, when you take virtual reality, yeah. imagine being in a virtual reality movie that's made by Marvel. Like you have, you're you're given 3D glasses, but it, in that time when it when it comes out, 3D glasses, these this big uh this big HTC Vive thing that I have right there will be something that you put on in the movie theater that you go to, and you'll be yeah. watching Marvel movies and Star Wars movies in VR. Like it's going to follow the trend of technology. Oh yeah, you I know, mean, and as long I, as there's writers, it's going to be awesome. I was at the opening day of Star Wars in Disneyland, and that oh, that in awesome. itself was was. A new level of of media for nerdom because the ride, this Star Wars ride, the Millennium Falcon ride, is the small one. The next ride that they're opening in a few months is still so secretive because it's the big ride and such a game changer. But it was like a video game. 
everyone had their own role that they had had to actually fly the Millennium Falcon and like gun and be an engineer and how well you did affected how long the ride was like my husband and I rode separately and when he got off the ride he was like oh we we know like went through a uh, 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 asteroid field and I was like oh we didn't do that and when we rode it again it was completely different well that's, that's a awesome idea. and I think that that's going to be the thing about that ride is like because that ride, the good thing with it being a video game, they can change it up. Like in two, oh, yeah. three years, yeah, they can. Yeah. I mean, they've it's got like all the dynamics pick your own, there. Yeah. Pick your own storybooks where you're yeah. like, if you yes. want to make this decision, you go to this page. But there's probably, I wonder how many options there are. Like, probably I wonder a lot how many. Because like Star oh Tours God. has a ton now of options. Yeah, 55, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think they'll end up at some point because now it's like the baby step and they don't want to shoot their wad just all at one time. I right. think later down the line, yeah. they're going to want to like really add things to it. And I think that'll be the ride they can add to because the sure. bad thing is with the big Star Wars ride that we're doing, which we, we've had guests on, have talked about and said amazing things, that thing's going to be locked in. Like I don't it's think a static ride. it's a static ride. Like that thing's not going to change. But at least with these VR rides, they can you know give it a new coat of paint every so often or refresh it, which I think will give longevity to the project and, and the life of the ride. Oh, for sure, man. And again, as long as there's good writers and there's finance behind it, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, and there will always be finance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Disney money ain't going nowhere. Down would be legal stuff. You know that yeah. that would be the only thing that really slowed anything down because the 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 legal things, the reason that X Men had not been in the Marvel universe. Like the reason that Spider-Man was so hard uh, to work on was was all because of ownership. You know, Sony owned a part over here and Universal owned a part over here. Marvel owned a part over here. And then it's like you can't write this character into this movie because you actually don't own 20th Century Fox owns them. So the only thing that would slow anything like that that down is is the legality of it. But Disney's behind it yeah. and they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Now, here here's my question to the both of you guys. When do you say we see X Men get introduced into the MCU? I was so hopeful when I was watching Endgame that that would be one of the big, you know, surprises that someone would show up. One of them, you know, McAvoy would show up, but it didn't happen. When I hope soon because they are my favorites. It's just that it's only a matter of time, man. So bad. It 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 has to. It it can only be a matter of time, and not not just because. I mean, for many reasons, but one of them I think is how do those saviors of the world in the same universe not meet prior to anything that's happened right now? You know, like you think that all the X Men are just sitting at home watching New York City blow up? Like, man, it's not our movie. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, and that's why I figured Endgame would be a good time to do it, and especially even when uh, in the new Spider Man they introduced the the idea of a multiverse. I was like, okay, this makes sense. This is a good time to bring them in. But nothing, and I'm like, I'm over here. Like, are you talking about? Are you talking about Far From Home? Yeah, Far From Home. Have you seen that, Amanda? Awesome. Yes. I haven't. I have not seen it. So, no. We all need. I, I, we all need to stare at Johnny for a second. Yeah, really, dude, religion. it's hard to get out of the house. He, he has two kids with two kids, so it's hard for him to like get out and see a movie. Like it was hilarious when we had to do our spoiler you, cast Thank for Endgame. Like. He had to go one night, and then his wife had to go a different night just so they could both see it in time for us to do the review because it's yeah. that hard for them to go see a movie together. Yeah. So, like, I get it. But, no, I went and saw it, loved it. But the whole time, I'm like, all right, 
Let's. Uh, oh, yeah. Where's my X Men? Come on, X Men. Yeah, and, I mean, and it's, it's it's only a matter of time. And now I think that the acquisition is taken. I think that was what seventy four point something billion dollars yeah. that acquisition. Uh, so yeah, they're not just going to sit on all that content and not do something with it. Yeah, soon. Yeah, you know, to involve them in the Marvel universe, I think a lot of people are waiting for it. I think they're just waiting for the right time to do it. You know, I, I, it would have been cool to see it as a little tiny symbol or a little cameo or a little extra something, thing in yeah. Endgame or something like that. Just something so subtle that some people might not have even seen it yeah. until they were scrolling through Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and, and they were like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. There was a Marvel? There was like an X-Men Easter egg? What? But I, I hope soon. I hope soon. I'd say with um, definitely in the next phase, within the next phase. But I would say pro- hopefully within the next two years, maybe within the next four movies. Yeah, I would love I to mean, see that. Yeah. If you're going to hear it anytime soon, it'll be at Comic, which is what? This weekend? Next weekend? Yeah. And that's oh, when yeah. they announce all of their movies. Yeah, the D25 yeah, or 6. I don't know what D we're on now. But yeah, the big Disney convention is right around the corner. And they said it before Endgame, they said, we're not going to announce any movies until that time. Now, of course, it leaked about the uh, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, Black prequel. Widow movie, yeah, yeah prequel, uh, yeah, but and there were some talks about Eternals, but besides that, they hadn't announced anything official. So I am hoping, maybe at the very end of this next phase, the X Men will get introduced. Now I know they're kind of worried because the last X Men movie did not. What is it with the X Men movies and not being able to stick a three? X three was bad. <laughs> Dark Phoenix was bad. Like. I don't know what it is with them not being able to stick the landing on running either out of content, of them. man. You're, they're, they're running out of. I, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. you know, I, it's 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 tough because they continue to follow the same kind of repeti- There's it's repetitive. Yeah, you it's know, paid it, by it, numbers basically. And it's and and the trilogy is tough, dude. Yeah. Trilogy is so hard. Like number two is really hard because uh, you have to link one and three, and number three is really hard because you have to wrap everything up. Right. You know, and and I think at the end of movies, uh, I. I kind of weigh heavily on did they wrap up all the storylines? Did they wrap up all the small little stories and the different plot points and the different you know avenues that the that the first two took? Did they wrap them all up and give us a, a healthy sense of closure, or are they building for a next trilogy? Are they building for something up and they're going to leave a couple things unwrapped? Yeah. Uh, but you want that triple that you know that 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 trilogy that third movie to have that good kind of conclusive feeling where you leave the the movie and you're just like wow that was crazy but satisfying like it was yeah. an emotional role coaster but i feel really happy with with how they wrapped everything up you know and and the x-men movies continue to kind of do that x3 and and they introduced a lot of characters they introduced a lot of people that movie could have been easily twice as long right easily uh but they were like cool let's put it into 94 minutes and we're gonna call it a day and i'm like i did that was a no, horrible Revenge idea of the Sith yeah. could have been twice as long easily yeah you know like look what they did with harry potter they split it into two different movies you know they've done that a couple different times there's been so many uh Probably. so many series that could have done that yeah exactly oh my god absolutely you know lord of the rings and the hobbit oh definitely you know the uh, even the man it's crazy talk i so I, I don't I don't understand. Hopefully, with with the with the acquisition, with new writers, with a new team behind them, with some familiarity to it, and with the I, I guess the winning formula uh, that Marvel's been able to use, or Disney's been able to use with Marvel that isn't 20th Century Fox related, they'll be able to put together a solid trilogy where people are like, okay, awesome, like this was great. You know, I hope so, man. I'm right there with you, bro. Yeah, and the, the only other thing we've got kind of crazy oddball for X Men is we still got that New Mutants movie out there. 
um, which word on the street was it was going to drop in August. Uh, I, I still don't know if, if that's going to be the case or not, but I am interested to see if if that thing ever even sees the light of day or if maybe they just put it like straight to Netflix or something. I feel like on the Internet, I kept hearing <laughs> um, about there being Gambit solo movie. Yeah, with Channing Tatum. That guy. Yeah. Yeah, I can never remember his name. Yeah, he's the sexiest I, 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 man I on the that, planet. You can't fucking remember his name, Jesus Christ! I'm straight. Though, I know what the guy's name is. <laughs> it's been like two not, or three. Not my type. Dude, that he's guy's got, got a really, huge neck. He's got a huge neck. looks like Not ugly. Seriously, not you're thing. focused on his neck? I, I, I'm not even past the abs yet. Like, I don't even knew that he had a fucking Where head. You start? So, yeah. <laughs> I I've never seen those Magic Mike movies, but I think the other guy, Joe Manganiello, is so better looking. No, oh, I agree with that. And yes, the reason, Billy, I had not gotten to the head yet, I start closer to the kill zone and then work my way up. So. <laughs> wow. I have not seen those Magic Mike movies. You should. Um, but they yeah. are a good fucking time. And that first one actually is a really good movie. Like... That movie, like as a movie, is great. It's a good time, Amanda. It is a good time. Like, it is a good time. The guys have seen the Magic Mike movie, but I have not. Oh man, you're missing out on a great fucking time. Yeah, two times. I've heard two times. Kyle being one of them, that they are outstanding. They are. The first one's like, great. The second one, eh. like, okay. But Donald Glover's in it, which helps on, in the second one. Uh, and the second one's in. Eh. But the first one is actually like a solid fucking movie. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, gratuitous uh, 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 male nudity for the ladies. Uh, but, you know... Why does it just gotta be for the ladies? That's messed up, uh, well, uh, And for the guys or whoever, you know, whoever <laughs> enjoys it. Kill yeah. Zone? Yeah. Not yeah. us. I don't start at the kill zone. Yeah. I started the kill zone, Playboy. That's where I started. I worked my way to fuck up. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. No, that movie is solid. And the cast is solid. And what I like is it's funny and it's dramatic and it's sexy and it's got, like, all these things put together which you were like when i went in i I was like okay this is basically just gonna be like two hours like male nudity and i'm like okay whatever so but then i watched it and i'm like no this is a really fucking good movie and it's all in tampa which is awesome yep so you got kevin ash your boy kevin ash Ash is in it and his fucking knee brace because his rule was he's like i'll be in the movie but i can't dance without my fucking knee brace so he's got this ginormous like terminator knee brace on as 70 year old kevin ash is back there trying to twerk and move around but i've seen it too and i agree with kyle actually it's really good it's a great flick yeah yeah it's always great when when movies have terrible reviews you're not getting great Awesome, yeah. I got that one. Yeah, I yeah. did too. I got, I got oh that. I, I had my Skype decoder ring for that one, so I, I, I figured it out. Yeah. I did need to piece some things together, but I yeah, think we got I, that I, one. I got, got it. Like, I got it. She, so. she likes when movies that have bad reviews turn out so really great. great. Yeah. Yep. yep, yep, we got it. That's, That's what she yes. said. But I've, I've been hearing, hearing about a Gambit movie for three years. They canceled years. it once they did the merger. Yeah. It, because like, Channing Tatum was like still working on it, but once they did the merger, they're like, nope. Because, well, it makes sense because Disney wants to start over fresh. That was the same thing. Like, they were working on Deadpool 3, uh, and then Disney got it, and now they're like, oh, so much. It's not nice. Yeah. So, 
I don't know what they're going to do because I, the only thing Disney got their hands on when it came to Fox that I'm worried about is Deadpool. That's the only thing I'm worried about. The rest of it, I'm like, fine, Ryan do what Reynolds, you want. I don't think Ryan Reynolds is going to let that is going to is going to let that one go. I think he's going to see it through. I think he's going to be pure Deadpool fashion. I don't think they're going to change it up. I think they're going to keep it just like this. And I don't think yeah. Ryan Johnson allowed to change. Oh yeah, because if I was, I'm not gonna lie. If I was Ryan Reynolds and they're like, "Hey, we're going to make a PG-13 Deadpool," and he's like, "Cool, you can fucking make it without me." So yeah, he's not going to do that. And no one wants. Yeah, and then no one wants to watch that because, like, yeah. I mean. I get the argument because Deadpool has popped up in a lot of things lately. Like there's a cartoon on, I think Disney XD was Spider-Man and he showed up on that and he showed up in the Avengers cartoons on Disney. So they're like, well, yeah, you can have a PG Deadpool. And I'm like, no, you can't like they're putting Deadpool in because Deadpool's popular as fuck, but that's not Deadpool. That's, I don't know who the fuck that guy is. So, cause that's the only <laughs> character I get really defensive about is Deadpool. Okay. We got your back, bro. Yeah. All right. That's all right. We love you still. It's okay. We're not Same against place. Deadpool. Yep. Yeah, we like we like rated R Deadpool. Yeah. Yep. We're well, right I there, wanted right Pikachu now. to say fuck. I did too. <laughs> I, I wanted that too the whole time. I'm like I wanted to be like, "Oh, fuck." Like I didn't even care what it was about, but I, yeah. He could have he could it was a, was it a PG-13? I think it was PG. The PG. Yeah, yeah cuz it you was for say, kids. You could say you get one fucking PG thirteen movie. So what we want, give the people what they want. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there's a lot of us. <laughs> but was it Ryan Reynolds uh, like a producer on on Deadpool two though? Like, so he has some input on on uh, story and all that too. Oh, big time. Yeah, big time. So well, that's like Margot Robbie. She's got so much input on Harley Quinn now because she got to pick her whole outfit for the new movie. Because she, she was like, yeah, I'm not wearing hot pants ever again. Right. So. And she can do that, so I'm sure Ryan Reynolds has got just as much pull where he can be like, "Hey, I'm going to do this or not do this." Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and he's yeah, got all that I, gin money now, so and he's <laughs> and he's proved himself with two movies. He's proved himself. Yeah. He right. proved himself Absolutely. big time with the first movie. He reinforced it with the second movie. They're not gonna they're not gonna derail that. That would be such a terrible decision to be like, "Oh, we're on a great." Roll. It's going to be a great trilogy. Let's fuck yeah. everything up. Not that they won't, because it's been done before. But yeah. hopefully, Ryan Reynolds will just you know give him an elbow to the face. Well, I'm hoping maybe that'll be the movie that introduces the new X Men. Like, have Deadpool three be in the MCU and be that the introduction to the X Men. Like, where they've been, what have they been doing? Because you know, or somehow bridge a gap. Because uh, that's a character that like everybody loves. But then again, it'll be tough to use that as a bridge. A bridge gap if it's an R-rated movie because then half the audience can't see it. So that's true. I mean, it's what I want, but it probably won't happen. I mean, he's the whole second movie. So much of it took place in it. One of the best when he's like, "Where is everyone?" And he just looks at it's like the entire cast just closing a door on him. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite part. Well, the other thing is he's got that time bracelet now too. So who's to say the time bracelet can't knock him into another reality? And ah. like, oh shit! Uh, what reality is this? Oh, there's an MCU. What? Yeah, I mean, and they they touch base with Into the Spider Verse. They yeah. just went to it with uh, Far From Home. So there, there's three different uh, three different movies specifically that are talking about not only time travel, uh, but talking about those alternate universe. Like um, yeah. when when yeah right when in in Endgame when they were talking about. 
the timeline and that the timelines aren't the same. They're completely different independent timelines. You know, the, the theory behind back to the future doesn't work uh, because if you change 1955, it changes that specific timeline, nothing necessarily in the future. They'd actually did the same thing uh, in Dragon Ball Z, exactly the same thing. When Trunks came back, he couldn't change his future. Right. He was just trying to change that, that, existence's future his future was already done you right. know when he went back to his future the androids have still destroyed everything yep. everything is gone he was just trying to save that specific uh timeline uh, that he was a part of and I, and I think that's really interesting that they've done that marvel the mcu has now had three movies that they talked about either time travel or or multi-dimensions mm. and that might be what they do in the next like few movies is like introduce that until they get ready to bring the x-men in and bring them in through some sort of I don't know, multiverse or something like that, because you're right. Like you can't have all these years of the MCU movies and then been sitting on the sidelines unless they were never in this universe to begin with. Exactly. And I think that's the only way you can like jump that pothole without like, you know, screwing yourself. Mm -hmm. And days of future past deals so much with, you know, alternate timelines. Mm -hmm. I got cool. part of that. Yeah. I got part of it. Days of future past. Yes. And alternate timelines. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that part. That's the gist door. Yeah. That was I, I like Days of Future Past too. I thought yeah. that was great. I really like the continuity that they utilized in that movie to make sure that everything stayed on par. I thought that was excellent, man. I thought they did a really great uh, job of that and it, kind of introducing it and making it easy for people to digest by watching the movies and we could keep up with it. Right. It wasn't too confusing where people are like, wait. Wait, what's going on? Like, what is happening? What year is this? Where did they just bounce back to? Like, they did a pretty good job of, of of utilizing the visual aspects of that movie to keep people on track. Right, and I think that's smart because my biggest problem with the MCU right now is especially after watching Far From Home and them explaining the blip and these people that were gone four years that hadn't aged and now they're back and I'm like – None of this makes any fucking sense. Like, Spider-Man was gone for four years, but he's back, but he's the same age of all of his other buddies who hadn't even fucking left, and it's like, none of this makes any goddamn sense. So it's like, don't try and say, hey, this makes sense, and then make it not make sense. Does that make any sense? You don't have to explain it. I mean, I understand what they're talking about, and you kind of have to talk about it, and what is the whole world going to say about everybody that just wound up back in reality five years later when everybody said bye to all these people yeah like when they showed the band coming back into the uh a dodgeball court the yeah camp, and yeah. they were just getting wrecked with the dodgeballs which like, i thought was hilarious by the way oh, yeah it was, it was brilliant like you have to kind of explain it but i i see where you're yeah you have to make it a little easier to understand i think they try to do they try to do a good job i'm sure that if we didn't understand it there's clearly something that we miss because if if we're not writers for marvel no no clearly and it might be one I, of the things I, on a rewatch I, I get but like when i was watching it i didn't get any of it for marvel she writes a lot of stuff i okay. mean some of them not necessarily fit for this show but yeah. she's a very creative person nick and i talk yeah well, uh, like I said, I didn't understand it, but maybe on a rewatch I will. But I was just like, man, none of this makes any damn sense. So, but then again, I was laughing really hard during the in memorandum video, so fucking hard that it made like the entire audience uncomfortable because I was. Like, I didn't. I should have felt uncomfortable because it was so cheesy. Or once I saw the first transition, I yeah. was like, oh, dude, I know exactly what this is from. Like, this is awesome. Yeah, and I was like. like 
belly laughing, double fist in beers, and the whole like audience turns and looks at me like, "What is wrong with him?" And I'm like, "This is hilarious!" Like, yeah, the Getty images over the like watermark. Yeah, watermark so and like the good. cheesy music. What was it like? It's so hard to say goodbye or something. Like, it I'll was, always love you. Oh, I will Houston. always love you. That's what it was. I'm like, this is ridiculously cheesy like i'm like i'm pretty sure we made this same video in high school like the exact same video so i'm dying laughing and they explained it like right after that so maybe that's why i didn't because i was trying not to pee my pants so hard i was laughing so that might have been why i didn't get it but i was like i felt kind of bad laughing when i first like kind of laughed a little bit i'm like wait no this is Mm, don't this laugh. It's supposed to be serious. And I'm like, no, it's not supposed to be serious. No, no, they can't be making fun. They can't be making fun. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're totally making yeah, fun. Like, like, I was they're not belly laughing. And a couple people behind me are like tearing up. And I'm like, really? Like, come on, bro. <laughs> they're making light of something sad. Yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah. But then again, that's people totally deal, me. People yeah. grieve differently. Yeah, that's true. They grieve yeah. differently. Okay. So, you grieve with laughter. Other people grieve with, with you know, popcorn yeah. and double fisting, Bud Lights, <laughs> whatever <laughs> you drink. Right on. Well, guys, tell us how everybody can find you on the interwebs. Amanda, you're first. Okay. Um, I mostly use my Instagram. I barely ever update my my Facebook, uh, but my Instagram is just Ginger Curry Cosplay, all all lowercase. Genetic curry. Ginger Ginger Curry. Ginger like the spice curry, like the spice cosplay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. We'll add that in the description of the episode. Yes, we will add that in the description of the episode. Um, and if you could send that to us, that probably wouldn't hurt either. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. don't mind. Um, okay. And then the amazing Billy Floyd, as always, it is always an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. How could they find you and the amazing Kitchen Killers? You can uh, Google Billy Floyd. I'm right at the top. Thankfully, I killed all the other ones. Uh, <laughs> you can also Google uh, Kitchen Killers. Uh, yeah, Google Kitchen Killers with an AZ at the end. And then official Billy Floyd is my Instagram. Uh, just Google me. Follow me. Let us crash your kitchen. Shameless plug. Um, thank you, Johnny and uh, Kyle, for having us, man. That was really cool. Anytime, it was, man. It was good to see you guys again. After the last podcast we did together, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to receive another invitation. <laughs> no, dude. I'm the door sure is the only always welcome here is for because, you. Is because Amanda's involved, which, of course, that's why we're all here is because Amanda's yes. involved. Which, thank you again to the amazing Amanda Curry. We really appreciate it. And uh, That's awesome. Sweet, man. I don't know who hangs up first. I'm going to wait on you guys. <laughs> okay. okay. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. Do I hang up first? <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, guys. See it, Man, that was another amazing episode with the amazing Amanda Curry and Billy Floyd. And like yep. I said, don't forget to come see us at Doom Broski's Games and Comics. And that date is July 27th from 2 to 5 p.m. So you do not want to miss that amazing party. It's going to be so much fun. And speaking of so much fun, you can find more of the fun at facebook.com forward slash happy hour podcast show. Also, you can hear some of our other amazing episodes on soundcloud.com forward slash happy hour podcast. Also, you can hit us up on the Twitter machine at HH podcast show. Also, if you go to HH podcast show at gmail.com, send us your thoughts about the episode. Send us uh, your questions. Also, also, we're going to be going and seeing Buck, the Mega Buck, from Retro Game Treasure very, very soon. So please send us those questions and put in the subject line, ask the Buck to hhpodcastshow at gmail.com. And of course, there's not one, there's not two, but there are three hashtags you want to put in the Twitter machine when you're talking about the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. Hashtag happy hour yeah, podcast, podcast, hashtag hhpodcastshow, hhpodcast show. and hashtag Deuce, Deuce is, is on, on the loose. loose. Later. See you.